Were the Royals' wide-brimmed hats at Ascot actually a silent tribute to the late Queen Elizabeth? Exclusive. Kanye West's new wife is leader in their marriage as they shop for adult toys in Tokyo. Sophie Ellis-Bexter speaks out as career highlight Glastonbury is left off BBC iPlayer. Hello and welcome to Barely Contained, the podcast that waits until celebrity journalism has left its crease before cruelly whipping its bales off and claiming a run out. I'm Chris Beckett and I'm joined as ever by Matt Withers. Matt, hello. Hello there, Chris. A little topical reference to the Ashes cricket for those people who've not been uh, following it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a little bit bitter, to be honest with you. Well, in that case, Chris, we need something that's going to take your mind off those cheating Antipodeans. And I would suggest perhaps a little delve into the best of the past month's online celebrity journalism. Oh, definitely. But maybe keep it with a like slight sporting theme, you know, just, just so I don't feel too out of my depth. Oh, well, in that case, I have got something that I think might tickle your fancy. Go it's- on. This is a story for the Daily Mail online. Um, And, well, you know, uh, there's a general truism in journalism. If a headline is a question, that the answer is always no. Well, this is headlined. (laughs) Were the Royals' wide-brimmed hats at Ascot actually a silent tribute to the late Queen Elizabeth? Well, let's not rule it out yet, (laughs) but (laughs) I remain to be convinced. Let's just say that. Okay, well, let's uh, let, let's hear what they've got to say. It, it begins, As milliner to the stars, naturally, Stephen Jones OBE was at Royal Ascot last week, spotting his creations of every size, shape and colour on scores of heads. Yet one absence was deeply felt. Yeah, it's a sub-editor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, we, can we just call him a hat maker? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that really does need cutting down a bit, doesn't it? And, and if you don't like that, listener, it doesn't get any less florid from here on in. For most of us, it was the first royal ascot without Her Majesty the Queen, says Stephen, 66. I would suggest for, for all of us, really. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you'd have to be quite the age to remember a time when her predecessor was uh, was attending the GGs. <laughs> His quote goes on, and uh, this is where I think it gets I think it gets quite special. Mm. But she was there in the millinery. The reason the hat business exists so strongly in Britain, and people around the world think of hats as British, is because of the Queen. And the Queen is the reason people are still wearing hats in 2023 in tribute to her and what she gave us over the years. Wow, that is a very big claim. There's a lot of big claims. There's a lot of big claims. So the hat business exists so strongly in Britain because of the Queen. People around the world think of hats as British. Is that true? I'll tell you one thing, Matt. Heavy lies the crown. (laughs) It's, uh, I don't know, I just don't know if the rest of the world just sees hats as British. All these fez wearers, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're just trying it on. Yeah, they're thinking of Tommy Cooper. Yeah. And uh, people are still wearing hats in 2023 in tribute to her. So, um, 
you know, I could look out of my East London window uh, any hour of any day of the week, Chris. And I'm sure all those youngsters in baseball caps are doing it in tribute to the late monarch. Very much so. He goes on. She's the patron saint of British millinery. Remember, the symbol of monarchy is the crown. It's not the royal shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, Clarks. The royal shoe, I suppose. <laughs> Cinderella, perhaps it played a big role in that kind of um, that kind of royal royal drama. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's, you can he can be loyal to his, his beloved hats without having to attack the great British shoe. I know, leave them alone. <laughs> you don't need to pit one off against the other. Most people wear both. Naturally, the royal family was out in force, displaying a whole range of headpieces from Queen Camilla's asymmetrical pale green creation with feathered trim to the Princess of Wales's scarlet-wide brim hat with blooming flower detail and Zara Tyndall's jaunty teal saucer. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, Zara Tyndall. (laughs) It sounds like she's wearing a cup on her head. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what jaunty teal saucer uh, is. Stephen has created hats for Princesses Eugenie and Beatrice, as well as making Pippa Middleton's ethereal wedding veil, but he's never worked for Camilla and has only designed one beret for Kate for the 2012 Epsom Derby. God, he must be he must be hoping to set that right. <laughs> he must be absolutely fuming. I've only done one beret for Kate. What has uh, she got against me? It, it, well, it, it, I mean, he's done Eugenie and Beatrice, Chris, and I think, you know, me, you, everyone listening will remember the iconic... Hats of Eugenie and, uh, and and Beatrice. Very, um, very much so. He, he does go on to explain, actually. He says, Camilla and Kate are very loyal to other milliners. He smiles, sitting in his airy pastel-coloured shop-come-studio in Covent Garden, surrounded by gorgeous confections. He sounds very bitter. <laughs> he sounds like <laughs> a, he's doing all right for himself, but he's grinding his teeth, isn't he? Bloody other milliners. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many milliners are there in the country now? I, I mean, they probably are all concentrated around Covent Garden. I, I would imagine so. I can't imagine there's like many, many milliners in uh, in, in kind of like Rotherham places like yeah. that. No, I would imagine that there are very few milliners. They all know each other, and it is a brutal world. Yeah, yeah, they all sort of take each other on with like odd job style <laughs> hats. Yeah. He's also. Sometimes privately, sometimes in his capacity as milliner to the House of Dior, a post he's held since 1996, made several hats for the Duchess of Sussex. Doesn't sound to me like the most shy and retiring chap. No. <laughs> can't imagine he keeps many of his hats under a bushel. No, no. Yeah, I, I don't know. Humble might not be the word for, uh, mm. <laughs> for this, for this uh, gentleman. While Dior recently denied that Meghan is to become a brand ambassador, Stephen won't be drawn on the topic, only saying with typical diplomacy that he found her charming, elegant, generous, and a great hat wearer. <laughs> she was. She knew how to wear a hat. Great always, skull. Always put it on her head. Never, <laughs> never try and just dangle it off her, um, off her, her shoulders or her elbows. <laughs> She'd go for the head every time. A generous hat wearer. She <laughs> she made sure it covered the whole of her head. <laughs> His greatest royal client was Princess Diana, 
for whom he started working in 1981 when he was just 23. Diana was great. Jasper Conran introduced me to her. She just married Charles and was the most famous person in the world. We walked into the room at St. James's Palace with our boxes of hats and she was the only person in there. I was completely awestruck. My face was bright pink, but she was charming. Um, I don't know if the, the bright pink face, you know, was embarrassment or, um, you know, the claret the night before. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> then, and then he goes on. Later, during fittings, she'd be listening to Wham Rap on her Walkman. Yeah, and at this point, I want to say that, you know, maybe that she wasn't the most famous person in the world. It was actually uh, Andrew Ridgely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who's got the upper hand in that relationship there? Um, but I love, you know, he's really conjuring up an, an image of the 80s there. You know, I'd love it if he'd gone on. And once she'd done that, she did a Rubik's Cube and rode out on a chopper. Yeah, she she got out her Coca-Cola yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Within a few years, fittings often took place while Diana simultaneously tried to wrangle Princes Harry and William. <laughs> I don't know what wrangle means in this context. They'd be running around, fascinated by what Mummy was doing with these strange things on her head. <laughs> I don't know at what point children learn what a hat is. You probably have to learn quite early when you're a royal. Yeah, I would imagine it's pretty much royal, you know, day one, lesson one. you got to wear yeah. a hat. He goes on. I mean, it wasn't as if Diana had fleets of nannies. They'd be picking up rows of veiling and seeing it unroll. Not, I mean, not fleets, but I'd imagine one or two. I'd imagine a couple. Yeah, yeah, definitely a couple. It, enough to do man-to-man marking. <laughs> yeah, 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 very much. She's not a, she wasn't a zonal woman, Diana. Um, Did Stephen have to reprimand the two royal toddlers? Diana said, stop that, he grins. <laughs> what a great story. <laughs> that is a good anecdote, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's like the one we had last week where Pam Ayres said that the Queen yeah. once told her that when the princess went round her house, they ate her food. <laughs> <laughs> classic. <laughs> Lovely classic royal anecdotes. With his inquiring eyes, amused expression and gentle voice, you can see why all Stephen's clients love him. He's fun, curious and appears relaxed. Even though, with the English season, weddings, plus upcoming fashion shows in Paris, this is his busiest time of year. I think, paradoxically, he's perhaps not that easy to get on with. <laughs> and maybe the journalist is having to really go the extra mile yeah, in terms of buttering him up. I did wonder if this was kind of hashtag sponsored content. Because <laughs> it it, it doesn't, doesn't appear to be. Um, it's very strange, inquiring eyes, amused expression and gentle voice. It sounds like a kind of like toy cat that makes a noise if you pull a pull a ring at the at the back. Yeah. Um I, Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, this is um this is very strange. Anyway, he remains humble. Um mm. we know that. So he goes on. He's worked, it seems, with pretty much everyone, including Grace Jones, Madonna, Lady Gaga. And Rihanna, I'm pretty a much a... everyone. <laughs> I, that's pretty much. I can't think of anyone else I could put. Griff Rhys Jones, maybe he's yeah, not in there. Probably but... George. <laughs> I'm struggling to go anybody else. I'm sort of an Uncle Stephen figure to Rihanna, he says. 
which I think he means in a kind of nice way, but sounds a bit sinister. <laughs> it does a bit, yeah. <laughs> Another client is former Prime Minister David Cameron's wife, Samantha, who was criticised for not wearing a hat to the wedding of the then Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Ah, uh, you know, you only make that mistake once. <laughs> yeah. At that time, she didn't feel comfortable with hats. I went to number 10 and took 20 or 30 hats, so we had a big trying-on session. Then she relaxed about them, more or less. <laughs> more or less? Billy, how many hats do you need to wear? <laughs> it goes on. This is a long article about a hat maker. It goes um... on. Follically challenged Stephen always wears a hat often a beret outdoors, and is a big name in men's hats too, with plenty of celebrity male clients, including his friend Mick Jagger, who often wears hats on stage. He really knows how to use hats. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's on his CV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Likes cricket and hats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this man. Stephen grew up in the Wirral, the son of an engineer father and a housewife mother who dragged him to art exhibitions. I've inherited a bit of both because what I do is a sort of engineering. It really isn't. Mm. <laughs> you tell yourself that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it goes on a bit more. And um, I'll, I'll leave this next bit out because this is long. This is, this is uh, worth a mention. On graduating, he became part of the coolest gang in town, the Blitz Kids, who, in outrageous outfits, hung out in the late 1970s at the eponymous nightclub Yards from where his shop is now. They're not the, the Sex Pistols. Were they not a little <laughs> bit cooler? No. The Blitz Kids were very much the go-bots to the, uh, the Sex Pistols Transformers. Fair enough. The group included the late Steve Strange, Sade and Spandauer Ballet and spawned a new romantic fashion trend. Hmm. Another friend, and early wearer of his hats, was Boy George. I remember George being in the back of my minivan singing. I said, you've got such a beautiful voice. George, you should be a singer. He said, I'd love to be but I'm not sure I've got the confidence. Can I guess his his solution was to wear a hat? Yeah, it was to wear, no, to be fair, at that point, he was already, um, he was already uh, a, a hat wearer. I suppose he might have taken it up a notch. Um, Do Stephen... you really want to hat me? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Stephen raises a wry eyebrow. How things have changed. Stephen's so unassuming. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> You forget he spends most of his life flying around the globe to catwalk shows and clients. He's jetted to Hollywood for Joan Collins and was recently in Mexico City for the Dior Cruise Show. I think if you forget, he probably would remind you. I think probably he'd probably bring on it up. Minute. Yeah, I think he'd probably bring it up. <laughs> Though he can advise how best to pack a hat, something that troubles me every summer holiday. Put it on your head, go through the airport. <laughs> Next. <laughs> no, there's more to it than this, apparently. Put it in a rigid suitcase, he instructs. Fill the crown with anything small, underwear, scarves. Put the brim flat along the bottom and pack round it so it doesn't get squashed. And if highly likely, I still manage to crush it. On arrival, take a bottle of champagne out of the minibar. 
because champagne bottles are heavier. Place the hat on top of the bottle, fluff out the crown, and just leave it there overnight. Wow. I mean, it's a good, it's a good tip. Where's my <laughs> bottle of Dom Perignon? <laughs> um, and uh, I'll just leave the rest because this has gone on far too long. But the very yeah. last part of this story is, he says, I love the fact fashion can mean nothing. It can mean everything, but it can just be something to make you feel great on a fun night out. I'm not trying to change the world with a hat. It's just a hat. Yeah, you should have you should have started with that, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. And then we would have known we didn't need to read on any further. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely stuff to get going with. Um, I don't know if there's any particularly good um comments on here. I've not looked at them, so these are these these are going out uh live. Um pollen grain in London says they wear awful hats. It's one um, of his Millen arrivals. Hobgoblin52 in Roseville said, why does it have to be a tribute to Diana or our late great queen? They're just wearing what they like. For heaven's sake, move on. No. <laughs> um, and come on door in Hungary says, weird looking hats. Doesn't appreciate hats because it's not British. Now, Chris, I think you're taking us across the world to... Japan, as they used to say in Street Fighter 2. But there's no fighting. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but arguably the subject of this story is big in Japan. Exclusive. Kanye West's new wife is leader in their marriage as they shop for adult toys in Tokyo. Ooh. So Kanye West and his wife, Bianca Sensori, has been holidaying in Tokyo with its apparent that she is in quotes, the leader in their marriage, according to a body language expert. Oh, and we love our body language experts. We do. <laughs> I wonder what they're going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel they might have shot the load quite early on, uh, on this, but we'll see. Yeah, let's see. Kanye West's new wife, Bianca Senzori, is said to be the leader in their marriage, according to an expert. This exclusive analysis from a body language expert comes after the couple stepped out hand in hand while on vacation during the week. Looking totally smitten while out and about in Tokyo, Kanye, 46, and Bianca, 28, were seen roaming the streets after reportedly shopping for, in quotes, adult toys. Mm. Why, why, do you, why do you need the quotes? Just just say they were shopping for adult toys. Just Yeah, just uh, um, adult toys. Yeah. The couple were spotted in the Jinza shopping district on Thursday without security and roaming free, according to reports. <laughs> roaming free, like free range hens. Uh, in photos snapped to the married couple, the rapper and his architect wife could be seen browsing the Don Quixote discount store with Bianca donning a very unusual ensemble. Worth saying that she is an actual architect. But in many ways, um, what milliner Stephen Jones does is also architecture. For the head. <laughs> While her husband Kanye donned an all-black look with no shoes and only his signature socks on his feet, Bianca sizzled in a very racy look. Now, is it a thing that Kanye West wears signature socks? I wasn't aware of this. I mean, I can imagine that he wears socks with his name on them, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, I thought the thing with him was that he had like really, really expensive trainers. Yes. Um, so it would seem odd to to sort of leave them to one side. Maybe it's a, maybe it's being respectful in Japan. Yeah, it could be. Or maybe he's found out that um, that shoes are very much a, a British thing. <laughs> yeah, we invented the shoe. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother wearing them anywhere else. <laughs> Leaving very little to the imagination, Bianca donned a blush-coloured leotard with sheer tights and heels. Due to the style of the bodysuit, what looked like black briefs could be seen through the sheer tights and from under the hem of the leotard. TMZ reports that an eyewitness told them that Yi and Bianca checked out an adult toy section during their shopping trip, or that it was unclear if they purchased anything. <laughs> wow, what a, what a useful eyewitness. <laughs> yeah, I hope they're not getting a tip-off fee for that insight. Yeah. <laughs> I saw some celebrities. <laughs> what did they do? Well, they went into a shop. Did they buy anything? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going now. <laughs> But aside from what they were purchasing, or not, the couple looked totally loved up as they wandered around the shops with Bianca clearly in control, according to an expert. Here we go. Inbal Honigman, celebrity psychic and body language expert, has analysed the new photos exclusively for the Mirror US, with her providing some very telling insights into the couple's married life. Mm. Yi and his missus walk in step in the video, obtained by DM TMZ, their feet hitting the ground in unison, which means their goals in life are aligned. They both value their connection, their relationship and each other, she began. Oh, looks. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean anything in the thought, does it? I mean, yeah, they could have just a similar stride pattern. Yeah, but... and also if they're walking hand in hand, then they're liable for their, their feet to hit the, uh, hit, hit the ground about the same same time. I'm not sure you can read anything deep into that about their... You make, it, you make a good point. <laughs> Let's see what she's got to follow it up with. Imbal added, in each of the photos, it would appear that Bianca looks up, which shows confidence, while Kanye looks down, which shows humility. He's just admiring his signature socks. Or he's worried that he <laughs> might tread in something because he's not got his shoes on. I mean, we've always talked about Kanye West and his human humility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got and, some very... I mean, uh, people on, on this episode this week are very much known for their humility, be they milliners or rap superstars. Exactly. And, and looking at the two of them together, I mean, he is probably, I would say, three or four inches taller than her. Um, so it could just be controversial as it sounds that he was looking down at his wife and she was looking... Slightly up at her taller husband. That could also be true. But it continues in the dynamics of this relationship, the lady is the leader. She then later told us that the photo from inside the shop is very telling how she looks right over his head. <laughs> I mean, it could, she could have spotted one of those like waving cats <laughs> yeah. on a high shelf. <laughs> The couple got married earlier this year with them saying I do in a secret ceremony in January. That is what people say at a wedding. Yeah. The pair wed just two months after Kanye finalised his divorce from ex-wife Kim Kardashian. But reports said that he and Bianca failed to apply for a marriage certificate. Although Bianca recently put the record straight when she confirmed they were married. <laughs> well, you dangle the carrot and then you whip it away. 
turning down a man's advances in a TikTok video, the platinum blonde beauty had a huge smile on her face and she said, I'm married. Wonderful and stuff. That is your lot. Let's <laughs> scroll down to the uh, the comments or as mi- the miracles, it's conversation. Hooker Mukha says, having problems satisfying her, Kanye. Oh. Seems a bit harsh. Unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, and then Franklin Half Price says, has she only got one set of clothes? Seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, and then Indeli, and this is a nice link for you, says, mad as hatters, both of them. So, Matt, what are you going to play us out with? Uh, we've got a quick one to finish uh, this month's episode. It's from the Express Online, and it's headlined, Sophie Ellis-Bexter speaks out as career highlight Glastonbury is left off BBC iPlayer. <gasps> it begins, Sophie Ellis-Bexter has taken to Twitter to share why the BBC chose not to put her career highlight Glastonbury performance on iPlayer as her fans took to social media to express their disappointment. I have to, uh, at this stage, declare an interest in that I'm very, very much a fan of uh, SEB. Yes, um, same here, Chris. Uh, In fact, we don't have time for this tale here, but I once, when I was at university, had a life-size cardboard cutout of Sophie Ellis-Bexter kidnapped from my room in halls, um, as a result of which I had to perform a series of humiliating tasks in order to win her back. Well, as I say... Not for here. Wow. (laughs) We go on. Let's go back to that sometime. (laughs) In view of her 212,000 followers, she tweeted, I'm getting a lot of messages asking about watching my Glastonbury set on iPlayer. Obviously, that would have been wonderful. But sadly, due to hours on the day, it wasn't possible for the BBC to cover my set. Next time, following the Mm. clarification, Twitter fans quickly shared their disappointment with one user asking, why does at BBC Glasto not like happiness and fun? <laughs> Good question. Well, quite. Salient question. Why does the BBC not like happiness and fun? And another slammed the decision by calling it ridiculous. Amen to that. Yes. I mean, that is a slamming. I don't know how the BBC comes back from that. I know it's got a lot of challenges at the moment with the attitude of the incumbent conservative government and of course, how it's going to be paid for as a service going forward in competition with Netflix and prime. But um, somebody saying that they're ridiculous for not putting Sophie Ellis-Bexter on iPlayer. I don't know how you come back from that. Yeah. Take her home. Take her home. (laughs) Take her home to the iPlayer. Sophie's confirmation came after she shared an image of her on stage at the Somerset festival, which prompted eager fans to ask why they couldn't find it on BBC iPlayer. Wearing a beautiful fringe leopard in striking gold, Sophie, 44, posed with a band for a selfie in front of the crowd. Posting the image on the social media site, she captioned it, career highlight, hashtag Glastonbury, hashtag pyramid stage, followed by a red heart emoji. Well, you, you sound down about it. I am a bit. Yeah. Well, it just comes to the end here. Fans of the Murder on the Dance Floor singer are quick to share their disappointment at missing out on what was bound to have been a sensational set. To be fair, the the writer of this story probably likes Sophie even more than we do. (laughs) 
One Twitter user said, shame only people attending could see it. Yeah, bloody live ticket holders. Yeah, the people who paid for it. <laughs> Huge congratulations and so well-deserved, another fan commented, before adding with a sad face emoji, wish we could all see this career achievement. Yeah. Um, and that, <laughs> is pretty much your lot from that story. Yeah. Wow, it it really doesn't it really doesn't offer much more, does it? No, but, I mean it, it's very much um, what's known in the profession as a one fact story. So they've done quite well to get as much out of uh, the fact that Sophie Ellis Bex's Glastonbury set isn't on the BBC iPlayer as they did. But I'm sure for the people who were there, it was a very special moment. Yeah, I am a bit gutted. I'm hoping that you know, thanks to this story and the obvious, uh, you know discontent on social media that that maybe maybe they'll find a way to to get it on yep the campaign starts here um let's get let's get sophie on streaming yeah bring Uh, bring her back seb on the bbc for me that's the hashtag oh yeah (laughs) yeah um well i think that's probably just about enough for this month's barely contained uh chris but it's been a lot of fun it certainly has. Um, let's put our uh, put our thinking hats on um, and we'll do some more next month. Yeah, and you're thinking signature socks. Um, exactly. In the interim, let's be frank, by the time you listen to this, Twitter probably won't exist, but you can, you can still find us on Facebook, can't you? Yeah, we'll try and get on uh, threads, which uh, sounds to be the new thing. Um, but if you wanted to get us on an old school, old school meta, um, you can go to Facebook and check out Barely Contain the Podcast um, for all manner of um, archive archive content and bonus clips. Um, but also you can go to Twitter um, at Barely underscore pod um, if you want to, you know, give Musk a, a little bit of a hand. Yeah, give him a little nudge. Um, we haven't got a we haven't got a verification. We're not going to get one, <laughs> so uh, we might not be around for very much longer. Uh, before we go, I should say, please go to wherever you get your podcasts, be that uh, Apple or Google or Spotify or Amazon, and uh, leave us a review, please. Uh, always appreciated. Uh, five stars if you're feeling if you're feeling flush. Um, and uh, yes, just tell your friends, um, tell tell your enemies, uh, tell the staff down at your local adult toy emporium. Uh, It just leads leads us to say uh, thank you very much for uh, listening. Um, And we will be back on uh, August the 1st. And we will be back on August the 1st. It's slightly delayed this time, but we'll be hitting that deadline uh, next time. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. And thank you, Chris Beckett. Thank you, Matt Withers. Cheers, everyone. See you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.